0: Next phase Africa. In today's episode entitled Africa's Ascendancy and the New Scramble for Africa, we'll examine, explore, and analyze what has been described by some as the New Scramble for Africa. What that means, why the heightened interest in Africa now, and what it means for the future. <music> There is a clear and palpable interest in the African continent in the recent past. This interest has manifested itself in many ways such as new engagement with the continent by way of new bilateral meetings and summits and conferences, new development projects, and and an increased number of embassies being opened up on the continent, to name a few. But before we discuss the current situation, I think it is important and productive to take a step back and look at the first scramble for Africa and how that led up to where we are today and what it means for the future. So the first scramble for Africa occurred in the 19th century. It was largely a European scramble and the key players then were Britain and France though there were others, so Portugal was another another actor, but I think there were only about six or so African countries that do speak uh, Portuguese. It also included uh, Germany and uh, Belgium. So Africa was carved up and much of its natural resources went directly to support and build infrastructure and wealth creating industries in Europe. Such massive, Wealth transfer came at a significant cost to the African continent. The economic order of the day was that African countries were organized around supplying vital resources, be they minerals or agricultural products, to European factories which spurred the uh, Industrial Revolution. The second scramble for Africa occurred during the Cold War, between East and West. There was a fierce competition to acquire allies, build alliances, and spheres of influence. So with Africa, where you have newly independent countries, the continent became a battleground for this competition between East and West, primarily the United States and the then Soviet Union. Countries such as Angola, Mozambique, and the Democratic Republic of Congo experienced bloody proxy wars, to their detriment, with the Soviet Union backing Marxist-led governments, typically tyrants, whereby the United States supported governments that were pro-capitalist or claimed to be so. Although African countries were well sought after during the Cold War period, however, this East-West divide was in fact detrimental to the African continent, even though many countries remained non-aligned. The uh, third scramble for Africa is currently underway, and I would suggest that it started uh, five, ten years or so ago. The question is, why the renewed interest in Africa? Well, there are many reasons and many factors. The long-held interest in Africa still persists. Africa is endowed with significant raw materials. It is home to many, many of the strategic minerals that are needed by the global community. Africa also boasts 65% of the world's arable land for agriculture, so if efficient agricultural practices are employed, Africa has the capacity to feed the world. Beyond that, Africa has a very fast and rapidly growing population, Uh, the youngest region in the world the median age I believe is about 19 years old additionally Africa's middle class is growing and burgeoning so it potentially provides significant market for trade and a growing consumer base giving its increasing population with higher purchasing power another factor As to why Africa is gaining renewed interest is that Africa is gaining prominence in the geopolitical stage. Starting with the continent's regional economic bodies, whether it is the economic communities of West African states in the West or the East African community in the East and others, they are becoming more cohesive, more integrated, and more collaborative, thereby ensuring greater greater influence and power. On a continental-wide basis, the Africa Union has done something remarkable with regards to the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement effectively creating one African market, which is the world's largest regional market, in terms of number of countries participating. The US President Joe Biden has expressed interest in having Africa be represented and having a seat At the G20 summit. Also, Africa represents an impressive and substantial voting bloc in the United Nations General Assembly. Furthermore, there is a push for an African seat in the United Nations Security Council. This sentiment is supported by the current UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. These developments in the geopolitical stage translates to an increasing influence of the African continent, which is a factor in the drive towards renewed interest in the continent. On a recent UN General Assembly resolution condemning Russia's invasion into Ukraine, almost half of the abstaining countries were African nations. Now, the question is, why was that the case? One answer is that The United States influence on the continent is waning and I believe that many American policy makers and officials will agree to this fact. The good news is that it is not too late to course correct, but time is running out. And I also believe that uh, this fact is not lost on American policy makers, hence the move to what appears to be a reset of US-Africa relations and the goal to strengthen ties. Just this year alone, Africa has seen four high-ranking U.S. officials visit the continent, starting with uh, Treasury Secretary uh, Janet Yellen in January, followed by the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Thomas Greenfield, again in January of this year, then Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who arrived in March, and later that month, Vice President Kamala Harris arrived, for a three-nation visit, namely Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia. And President Biden himself has stated his intention of visiting the continent by the end of the year. So it is clear that there has been a renewed effort to strengthen the relationship between the US and Africa. This is definitely a step in the right direction. I believe that uh, strengthening ties between the United States and Africa is in the interest. Of both the US and Africa across a range of uh, important areas. It is important however that this not be a one-time blitz but rather a continued and sustained engagement across business and trade, cultural exchanges and addressing security concerns where interests are aligned. There are other countries vying for Africa's attention and collaboration And many of these countries are competitors to the United States. Russia held its first Russia-Africa summit in October of 2019 in the city of Sochi on the Black Sea coast. A second summit is planned this year, 2023, at the end of July. All this points to the fact that Russia intends to be an important player on the African continent going forward. Recognizing China's inroad on the African continent, the Indian Foreign Minister Jay Shankar made a trip to both Uganda and Mozambique in mid-April to shore up relations, build diplomatic and commercial ties. Recognizing the growing prominence of the African continent, on the global stage, India wants to strengthen its relationship with the African continent. French President Emmanuel Macron paid a visit to four Central African countries amidst a rising anti-French sentiment on the continent, specifically in West Africa, where France has been accused of uh, interfering in political affairs, local domestic affairs. It appears that France's strategy now extends beyond Francophone countries as he visited Angola, which was not a French colony. But recognizing that angola is now the largest oil producer on the continent it appears that france is moving beyond its traditional partners its traditional francophone partners but all indications show that france does intend to be very engaged on the african continent clearly understanding that its interest is inextricably intertwined with the african continent china has moved ahead and is now the largest trading partner with africa it provides africa with financing loans and infrastructure development from roads to bridges to schools and sometimes hospitals while this may sound benevolent at first blush some african leaders and african intelligentsia coming to the conclusion that these acts are not necessarily as good as it seems on paper Some have accused China of putting Africa in what is known as a debt trap whereby they are given these loans and if they're not able to repay them, then demands are made on natural resources in a way that is not necessarily fair to the African countries. Others have accused China of not being transparent in its contracts and is rather and they tend to be rather opaque and lacking scrutiny. Others point to the fact that when China is building infrastructure, be it road or bridges, that they tend to import labor from China, and there is very little by way of skills transfer, so that even though there is a high unemployment in these areas, the local people benefit very little in terms of gainful employment with these infrastructure projects. Yet others point to the fact that China has shown very little regard for environmental stewardship, and that environmental degradation is often the result with some of these projects implemented by China. Given the paradigm shift around the renewed interest in the continent of Africa, here are my analysis and a few predictions. I believe that Africa is going to be a little bit more strategic, as it should, in approaching this renewed interest. As previously mentioned, the Last two scramble for Africa were not in the continent's best interest. Africans are very much aware of this and this time around they're going to be a lot more intentional as to whom they partner with. They would also have a sense of what they are looking for out of the partnership both for their countries and the continent at large rather than being a passive recipient of offers being made to them. Also, watch for a more strategic and unified Africa whereby one country cannot be easily played against the other. And the Africa Union might be playing a more significant role with a broader continental wide view. So look for a more focused Africa and African countries with specific needs for their development that will lead to a more beneficial partnership. Look for a more strategic and assertive Africa going forward. And finally, African countries are not likely to choose one country over the other or one region over the other, but rather select countries and regions based on their needs and the comparative advantage that each country or region can provide. I believe that the United States stands a very good chance of winning Africa over if, and this is a big if, the approach is done correctly with a higher degree of cross-cultural competency and the view of true partnership rather than a charity case. If this is understood and successfully applied, then the bonds between the two will grow measurably stronger. As always, I hope you found this episode informative. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Please share, subscribe or follow so you'll be notified when the next episode becomes available.